0: Visit TANCOMMENTARIES.com to get your copy of the book and to subscribe for access to all the great reading plans, new episodes, bonus content, and exclusive deals for listeners of the commentaries.
1: Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the commentary series on the dialogue of St. Catherine of Siena. I am Sister Mary Madeleine Todd, a Dominican sister of the Congregation of St. Cecilia in Nashville, Tennessee. Today is the sixth day in our series, and we will be continuing in our discussion of St. Catherine's writing on Christ the Bridge by considering how we travel along Christ the Bridge. This part of our discussion will be based on the Treatise of Discretion And we'll begin with a subsection on how traveling on both of these roads is fatiguing, continuing through the subsection on the baseness of those who pass by the river under the bridge. As we begin, let us start with prayer, using the prayer of St. Catherine of Siena. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal God, Eternal Trinity, You have made the blood of Christ so precious through his sharing in your divine nature. You are a mystery as deep as the sea. The more I search, the more I find. And the more I find, the more I search for you. But I can never be satisfied. What I receive will ever leave me desiring more. When you fill my soul, I have an ever greater hunger and I grow more famished for your light. I desire above all to see you, the true light, as you really are. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. In the last segment, which was the fifth of this series, we discussed the Father's revelation to St. Catherine concerning Christ the bridge. The Father explained to Catherine that even though original sin had made it impossible for the human race to cross unaided to the Father, God willed that the Son should become man, and by the shedding of His blood for us, that He would become a bridge so that we could cross to the Father from this world. Such was the great mercy of our God. We saw how the metaphor revealed to Catherine of the bridge that is Christ includes three steps. These steps are both the body of Christ and the states of the soul as it ascends via the body of Christ. The first step is climbed when a soul leaves behind patterns of sin and steps onto the feet of Christ and learns by walking with Him and through Him to be purified of sin. As the soul cooperates with this grace of purification it can long to ascend the body of christ if that purification continues and the soul perseveres it can pass to the second step we're looking into the open side of christ a person gazes upon his heart pierced for love of us when a soul knows itself to be so loved that soul is inflamed and it is illumined and begins to desire to walk in great virtue. If any one of us enters into that love of Christ and perseveres in walking in virtue, we can continue to ascend and ultimately reach the third step. The third step is the mouth of Christ, where a person experiences a profound union of love with God and comes to rest in the kiss of peace. We also saw that Catherine received the explanation from the Father of how that bridge, which is Christ, is built up of stones of virtue, which receive all of their saving power through the blood of Christ. We could never come to the Father of our own power, our own strength. And so along that bridge of Christ, we can enter into the church where we can receive the saving body and blood of Christ as the life-giving food for our journey. In this sixth segment, the Father speaks to Catherine about the way of traveling along Christ the bridge versus the way of being swept along by the tempestuous river below the bridge. We see this strong contrast between the way of light, grace, and peace that we can experience if we willingly walk along Christ the bridge versus the sorrow and darkness that is ours if we remain in the river. Now the Father reveals to Catherine that neither of these paths is simple and easy. In fact, there is difficulty along both paths, both the path of the bridge, who is Christ, and the path of the river. As Catherine learns more about these two paths, she marvels that anyone would reject the path of the bridge. Because even though the path of the bridge, walking along the way of virtue in Christ, is difficult, as it is difficult to undergo the purification of our souls, it's nevertheless a way of light and love. The Father reveals to Catherine that even in this life, the one who passes along the bridge of Christ tastes and participates in the good that has been prepared for the soul in eternal life. Catherine very famously and often would write that for the soul who loves Christ, all the way to heaven is heaven. And this is precisely what she's referring to, that even now, even in this life, even though there's difficulty in following Christ, difficulty in being purified of our sinfulness, yet there's already that foretaste of the great love, the great light that is ours in Christ. The Father invites Catherine to compassion and grief for those who would not choose the way of the bridge, for those who choose to remain in the river, since this way is a way of great suffering and a way that leads the soul to bitterness. Before the Father will unpack more for St. Catherine the sorrows of the way of passing along the river. He wants to speak to her of how the bridge that is Christ remained present to us even when Christ ascended to the Father in heaven. So as the Father continues to instruct Catherine, he speaks to her of Christ's ascension. And as we read so often in the scriptures, and the Father says here to Catherine, When Christ ascended on high and was seated at the right hand of the Father, He did not abandon us. Rather, the Holy Spirit was sent forth to humanity so that we could find certainty and truth and receive fortitude to proclaim this truth and have, by the divine light, a remedy for the injustice and the false judgments of this world. When the Father speaks to Catherine about this saving truth, he points out how essential our relationship to Christ in the Church is and how many blessings and graces flow to us through the church. The saving truth, the Father says, was spoken through Christ, confirmed by the apostles, declared by the blood of the martyrs, illumined by the light of the doctors, confessed by the confessor, narrated in all its love by the evangelists, all of whom stand as witnesses to confess the truth. And this truth is found in the mystical body of the Holy Church. St. Catherine never sees the Church apart from the unfathomable mercy of God. She never sees the Church only in its human structures and in its human weakness, but always in the context of God's loving mercy who longs to confirm us in truth and strengthen us in sacramental grace so that we can be one with him forever. There is a profound Trinitarian and ecclesial richness in the revelation that Catherine receives from the Father. The Father reminds her that when the Son, the living bridge, returned to the Father in heaven, there remained on this earth the bridge of His teaching, a teaching in the power of the Father, the wisdom of the Son, and the loving clemency of the Holy Spirit. God gives to every person who seeks Him fortitude, wisdom, and love. This is a road that is sure, firm, and stable. And the Father invites all to walk along this way without any cloud of doubt, but by the light of faith given in holy baptism. So for Catherine, always the church is a gift of divine mercy, a place where in baptism, the gifts of faith and hope and love are poured into our souls, where all seven of the gifts of the Spirit are poured forth in us so that we can not only know what is true, but have the moral strength to live and walk in the way of God. When Catherine hears these truths spoken to her by the Father, she's overwhelmed by the eternal mercy of God—a mercy so great that even the worst sinner who returns to God is offered superabundant gifts and grace. She realizes that God loves us so much that He not only creates us, but recreates us in the blood of His Son. So Catherine is moved to pour out words of profound praise and thanks for the gift of the Son who was willing to do battle for us, proclaiming that death was ultimately conquered by mercy. Mercy that doesn't just shine forth in the greatest of the saints, who do radiate the mercy of God, but even shines forth to the condemned, since they do not receive the pains they deserve. A living mercy who gives himself every day to humanity in the sacrament of the altar in that unfathomable gift of the Eucharist given to us through the Holy Church. The Father assures Catherine that he has given her a taste of his infinite mercy and of the radiant beauty of the dignity of every human soul in order to draw forth her compassion and sorrow for those who do not choose to receive His mercy. He shows her how base it is to move from weakness into consent to anything that would deprive us of the gift of grace. The Father reveals to Catherine just how beautiful the soul in grace is, but really how tragic it is when one person, even one person, freely chooses to reject the gift of God's grace and love. He points out how hard it is for a person who chooses to turn away from him, to turn back. Why? Because the three great powers of the soul, the memory, the intellect, and the will, all become darkened and even deadened when one chooses mortal sin. The memory of God's great mercy becomes darkened and blocked out. The intellect no longer sees what is true. And love, that divine gift of charity, is cut off. Love becomes distorted and turn in upon self and no longer is true love. Even though a human person can any time voluntarily call upon the goodness of God and receive it, those who have been blinded by mortal sin become enslaved to it. The Father reveals that every soul who receives the great gift of baptism, is like a tree of love. We recall this image earlier from the dialogue, that God longs for us to be planted in the soil of humility and become trees that are life-giving, that are full of love, that through patience and discretion bear the fruits of virtue. But the Father says to Catherine that if a person freely chooses to turn away from his divine love, the person becomes a tree of death. Here the contrast to that earlier depiction of the tree of life is stark. If one turns away from God, the soul becomes like a tree of death because it is planted in the soil of pride rather than humility, instead of truth and turning towards God, the proud soul turns to self-reliance, and its branches grow through impatience rather than patience, and therefore stretch out in indiscretion rather than discretion. Since this tree is rooted in pride, its fruits are deadly, and they fill the soul with ingratitude. A darkness that is utterly opposed to the light of a soul rooted in humility, which bears life-giving fruit and is radiant with gratitude. A soul that is humble and loving knows that it receives all from the mercy of God. A soul that is proud closes itself to that great love and mercy and becomes very darkened and ungrateful. But never without hope for we can always be converted as long as we still live in this life we can turn away from sin discover God's infinite mercy and step out of the river that sweeps us along to our own destruction and onto the bridge of Christ and as we close this day six in our study of the dialogue we turn to what we'll see next time next time The Lord will be revealing to Catherine what are the fruits of the tree of death, what is the justice of divine judgment, and ultimately, through the light and grace of God, what is the glorious beatitude of the saints. Next time we'll be looking at the Treatise of Discretion, starting with the subsection on how the fruits of this tree are as diverse as the sins that flow from those fruits to the subsection on the glory of the blessed. We can always hope. The Father longs for all to open our hearts to His grace and mercy, and to be trees of life, full of love and bearing virtuous fruits that come from Him. Having described what happens to the one who consents to pride, which poisons the tree from its very roots, The Father next reveals to Catherine the fruits of the tree of death. Even amidst the tragic destruction that comes to the one who turns away from God, the merciful love of the Father is constantly offered. It is utterly impossible to read the dialogue without seeing that the Father longs for all his children to pass along Christ the bridge, to enter into the joy peace and beauty of eternal life, and enter into the blessing of the kingdom of God, where all are one with the Father and the Son, in the light of the Spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever.
0: Amen. This has been an episode of The Commentaries, a podcast brought to you by TAN. To follow the show, study more of the greatest Catholic classics, and to support The Commentaries and other great free content from TAN, visit tancommentaries.com to subscribe and use coupon code COM25 to get 25% off your next order, including the dialogue and countless more spiritual works to deepen your interior life and guide you to heaven.